Mike Pence's new stature, the race for president in Indiana, and the battles for governor and U.S. Senate. That plus predictions and more on a special fall preview edition of Indiana Week in Review. Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. This week, with the political conventions in the rearview mirror and ballot changes in place, we reset the political landscape in Indiana with a special edition of IWIR. We begin with Mike Pence and his new role as GOP running mate. His assignment includes attacks on the media. Democrats and the mainstream media, it's amazing. I mean, they all keep telling each other that the usual methods are going to work, right? Another issue comes up. They breathlessly run to their cable television shows. They keep thinking they've done him in, only to get up the next morning, and Donald Trump is still standing stronger than ever before and fighting every day. Is Mike Pence well-suited to his new role? It's the first question for our Indiana Week in Review panel, Democrat and Delaney. Republican Mike McDaniel. Leslie Weidenbenner, managing editor of the Indianapolis Business Journal. And John Ketzenberger, president of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. I'm Wish TV Statehouse reporter Jim Shella. And Delaney, is Mike Pence comfortable bashing the media? <laughs> Well, since he was part of the media at one point. You know, it, the irony of this is it isn't the media attacking Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump shooting himself in various parts of his anatomy. I mean, he, he doesn't know enough to keep his mouth closed. He says things that show that he's a misogynist and he's a bigot and he has a temper and he's thin-skinned and, and a narcissist and everything else. And he doesn't think that people pick up on that. I mean, he may have done this in closed room deals before when nobody was recording what he was saying and every other word out of his mouth is a lie. But now he's on a national stage and yeah. he's his own worst enemy. But let's focus on, on Mike Pence. I have people who come up to me and say, do you think that Mike Pence thinks he made a mistake? Um, my answer is no. I don't think so. I think he's getting rave reviews for the way he's conducting himself around the country. I mean, clearly, uh, Trump's style is unorthodox from what we're used to. He's, and Mike Pence's style is very traditional. So clearly there's a, you know, a lot of difference there for people to look at. But so far, it's, it's worked for both of them because Mike Pence has done a good job. He probably, a lot of days, gives the message better than Trump does. Well, in fact, what he does a lot of days is interpret the Trump message in a way that people... <laughs> Excuse the Trump <laughs> Maybe that's well, or it. Or try to soften it sometimes, <laughs> it seems like, or try to put a slightly different spin on things. And I mean, I think he looks like he's having fun, honestly. Yeah. I think 
Uh, he seems to be relishing the role. I think he seems to be handling it fairly well. Whether you think it was a good idea for him, you know, is maybe a different story, but uh, I think he seems to be doing the best he can at it and, and doing okay. Well, to the point of whether it's a good idea for him, he's now a national figure. And when this campaign ends, he will remain a national figure, I, I assume. Uh, you- well, I think that's true. Uh, he's walking kind of a razor's edge here, however, because he has, you know, the, Donald Trump is such a polarizing figure uh, that, that Mike Pence has to be careful how he, how he cleans up the mess. I mean, it's sort of like he's walking the dog, and you know the dog has to do his business, and Mike doesn't have the benefit of a bag, okay? Sometimes <laughs> he doesn't have that. So he's got to be careful how he responds. And I think it was interesting this week uh, that he said he broke with, uh, with Trump on the uh, endorsements of uh, the Republican candidates, the Speaker and some of the others, uh, and said that he was backing them. So he's going to have to have that independence and to maintain that. He cannot just try to clean up the messes of Donald Trump uh, if he wants to remain a successful but, figure. But one reason why he got picked is because he has different views than Donald Trump. Well, but he's adopted the views. He's now going to uh, have a ban on Muslims, and he's going to export all the mo- all the illegal aliens. I assume, including whatever her name is, Melania Trump, since she apparently lied on her visa applications. So uh, he's adopting more and more of his positions. And the danger for him is that he is going to be put in that right wing of the party. And there is something of a backlash. If you look at what happened in Kansas, you know, Brownback has been a Tea Party darling for so right. long, and he's now lost a not himself, he's not up this year, but a number of key legislative positions because people found out that the trickle-down tax cut stuff works for the rich but not everybody else. I think, I think it's important for him to stay true to himself, and I think he has so far. I, I think the endorsement of Ryan proved that. Uh, he uh, had known Ryan. The difference, obviously, is he's known Ryan for a long time and respects him and likes him, and it was not a leap for him to do that at all, I don't well, think. Well, plus he was picked so that he could be a liaison to Congress sure. if he gets elected, <laughs> and it's hard to be a liaison sure. to Congress if you're not going to get along. But Congress is yeah. talking to the so, president. So I think, he, you know, I think he's done a good job with that. And, I, and you're right. At the end of the day, regardless of what happens on November 8th, I think he's positioned himself in a great way going forward. If he wins, he's vice president of the United States, and which automatically elevates you to a position of, prominence when people think about who the next candidate's going to be. But second, even if they don't win, he's had, if he continues to do the kind of job he's been doing and having fun, like Leslie suggested, and seem to be comfortable with the role, then he's positioned himself for, for future consideration anyway. But if they lose as badly as they have the potential for losing, it could be that they don't want to hear anything about that ticket from then on out. All right, let's talk about the ticket in Indiana. This is a red state, and the addition of Mike Pence to the GOP ticket means it's expected to vote Republican in November. Chances are we won't see many appearances like these. Every time I mention her, everyone screams, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. They keep screaming. And you know what I do? I've been nice. But after watching that performance last night, such lies, I don't have to be so nice anymore. We're going to be visiting a few places where people are making things. Donald Trump talks about make America great again. He doesn't make a thing in America except bankruptcies. Mike McDaniel, what would it take for Donald Trump to lose Indiana? Uh, would take a lot more than what's happened so far. I mean, I, I totally expect that Trump ticket to win Indiana and win in a big way. Uh, 
uh, people are angry about the way things are going nationally. They're angry that things aren't getting done. They're angry that the economy, we had 1.49% growth for the quarter, worse since 1949. People are feeling that. They're angry that we're not taking care of national security and that we've weakened the military. These are things that they're running on that resonate with Hoosiers. And uh, when you add to that what uh, the Democrats are talking about with coal and other things, They'll win Indiana a big way here, and oh, he yeah. shouldn't spend any time in Indiana. He should well, be spending his time. I, think, I think she's going to carry Indiana. And <laughs> what's, the irony of but, this but is you're in a minority. You understand? Oh, but, first of all, there's what 96 days left, and right. you wait and see. He he has made so many mistakes between uh, offending Gold Star mothers, equating his lack of service in Vietnam and his five deferments to his own individual battle with venereal disease, to say <laughs> to saying things like he's made sacrifices, like creating. I mean, he has no idea on national security at all, none. And, in fact, the former head of the CIA, who came out as a nonpartisan and, and indicated in the New York Times this morning, he's voting for Hillary Clinton because he doesn't think that Donald Trump could handle the kinds of decisions that need to be made on the national level for security. Yet Hillary Clinton is not popular in Indiana. Neither is he. Well, that, I think that's right, Ann. I, I think they're both very unpopular uh, to a great extent. But this is the thing, and, you know, who would have thought this before? But I think Mike Pence... Uh, may help him uh, with Indiana and may help him uh, you know, preserve the vote that he might otherwise be giving away for the reasons that you talked about. Because his erratic behavior uh, and the gold star, you know, the treatment of the gold star family and some of the other things that have happened in this last week, I think have caused a lot of people who may even have supported him before to, to maybe start rethinking that. And when that happens, then he runs the risk of losing those votes. Uh, but I do think that uh, with Mike Pence on the, the, the ticket, yeah, I think it would be hard for him to lose Indiana. I don't think he's said an before, asset. 96 days, I will say 96 days is a long time. Well, and this thing will be like a roller coaster. It'll go up and down 100 times between now and November 8th. It, it goes up well. every time well, and down every time he opens but, his mouth. I th- Hard to ignore the history here. I mean, yeah, oh, absolutely. Indiana yeah, went blue in 2008. Before right. that, you got to go back to 1964. But we've said it here before. If Trump is losing in Indiana, he's oh, yeah. losing everywhere. No, no right. Now, I will say, I think there was a pullout this morning that had um, Trump losing in Georgia, which I thought was kind of telling. But Mike is absolutely right. This is going to... This thing is going to go up and down. It's way too early to predict what it's going to be on election yeah, day. But I, I think Mike Pence is a liability in Indiana. I think he may do a good job. Well, but, but, he may do a good job softening this. the message he's, nationally he's because he's more li- personable. He's less of a liability running for vice president than he would have been running yeah, for governor. Right, right? I think that no. 100% that's right. And, and, and <laughs> well, I, I can't I, necessarily explain why that is. It's, the, no, I think that's, the, it's the difference of him in those public appearances. Yeah. You're right. He does look like he's enjoying himself he again. He may be. He feels like he's back in his element. Well, that's true too. And next to Trump, I don't care what you say. And he looks good next. Well, he he looks professional. He seems very professional. The signs that are up there that say "not good for Indiana," certainly not good for the country. I think are going to be telling in this state. We'll see. We'll see. The race for governor now has Republican Eric Holcomb teamed up with state auditor Suzanne Crouch on one side, Democrat John Gregg, and state representative Christina Hale on the other. Here's Holcomb followed by Gregg. Suzanne and I are prepared to continue building and growing Indiana. We are prepared to continue balancing budgets 
keeping taxes low, regulations reasonable, investing in our schools and our children and our infrastructure. I've only been a candidate for, you know, um, statewide, one statewide office, and I think my opponent's been a statewide candidate for three different offices in the last four months. So um, the job of governor is a very important job. It's not a consolation prize. John Ketzenberger, is this an even match? Well, I think it, it's getting to be an even match. I think um, uh, Eric Holcomb's got a better shot at winning this than Mike Pence did. Uh, and I think that once the uh, money equation becomes more even, and it will, uh, then the race will be fully engaged. But I think John Gregg has done a terrific job in the interim. He's taken advantage of, you know, the unexpected situation. Uh, and I think he's positioned himself very well. I think this is going to be a really tight race and a, and a good race. It's a pretty unusual position for John Gregg to be in with more name ID and more money. As Absolutely. a Democrat would, in Indiana. We would have never said, obviously, we didn't say that when Mike Pence was in the race. Um, so things have changed pretty dramatically. I'm not sure that I agree that he has a better chance now. Um, I still think the power of incumbency is very difficult to overcome, as unpopular as Mike Pence seemed to be. But, but I do think it's going to be a very close race. Um, and I, I think John Gregg has some real advantages right now. Um, Eric Holcomb got a United Party behind him at this point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Eric Holcomb has done more good work with the party officials over the last 10 or 12 years than anybody I know in Indiana. So I think he really brought a lot of people together. And when he picks Suzanne Crouch, that's a dynamic team. She's a hard-working person, as Eric is. I'm excited about the fact that when they go head-to-head, John Gregg and Eric Holcomb, I think people are going to really take a look at Eric Holcomb because Eric Holcomb knows what he's doing, he's going to be good on his feet, and it's going to be very challenging. I think it'll be close because I think he starts as an underdog because John has run the second time. But I think Eric beats him, and I think he beats him because people are going to make that comparison when they get side by side. Well, one thing John Gregg is going to do is he's going to try to tie Eric Holcomb to Mike Pence every and, time and, and, you know, and, one of the, and one of the arguments he makes is that Holcomb was picked for lieutenant governor by Mike Pence and Suzanne Crouch was picked for state auditor if, by Mike if Pence. If the argument so is... What you got is more is, Mike Pence is his If message. your argument is, uh, you know, you like an economy where we're growing jobs and we've got a surplus and we've done more for education than anybody's ever done spending-wise. So for no, if, you, if those are the arguments, mm-hmm. tell him take his best hold. But I'm yeah. telling you, again, we're in a situation where Eric Holcomb articulates those arguments very, very he well. well when they get side by side to John, okay, John's offered nothing. But he's the, but, them all. All right, but to play devil's advocate with you, he's got to run against Eric Holcomb, not Mike Pence. He's got to find out. But, but Eric Holcomb has endorsed everything Mike Pence has done. So Eric Holcomb supports RIFRA. Eric Holcomb supported the uh, not getting the daycare, uh, the uh, preschool money. Eric Holcomb has adopted everything Mike Pence stood for. He didn't stand back and say, I'm different. He didn't try to distinguish himself. He embraced him. And he embraces Trump as well. And under those circumstances, it is an absolute fair comparison. He is different, though. He's taller. <laughs> okay? He's taller and his hair is darker, and that's, that's about right. it. I think that's right. But the taller candidate usually wins, doesn't yep. he? Uh, well, you know what? We now have women winning, so that that you know thing that you, you can't counted on for two hundred years is kind of out the window now, Jimbo. Get with it. <laughs> Jimbo. 
time now for viewer feedback. Each week we pose an unscientific online poll question in conjunction with our Ice Miller email and text alerts. Last week's question, who is the favorite in the race for governor? 78% said John Gregg, 11% said Eric Holcomb, and 11% said it's a toss-up. This week's question, which party will have a better record in Indiana at the end of 2016? Your choices are A, Republican, B, Democrat, or C, Libertarian. We'll have results on August 19th. If you'd like to take part in the poll, go to WFYI.org slash IWIR and look for the poll. To the race for U.S. Senate, where Evan Bayh has replaced Baron Hill on the ballot, and Republican Todd Young is suddenly an underdog. Here's Young, followed by Bayh. You know, Hoosiers understand, I know this because I live in Indiana and travel around Indiana all the time, that the system in Washington is broken, they believe it's rigged, and they believe a major part of the dysfunction in Washington stems from Washington lobbyists, like Evan Bayh. Congressman Young, some of his allies, uh, you know, they can choose to attack me. That's their choice. I choose to attack the challenges that face Hoosiers and America. That's why I'm running. Leslie Weidenbitter, what will decide this race? Well, I think Evan Bayh clearly is the front runner here. I mean, you, you know, he's been incredibly popular for years. But I do think it's going to be interesting to find out what Evan Bayh is for in this race. We know he's for cooperation. We know he's for bipartisanship. But bipartisanship and cooperation to do what? And one thing Todd Young has going for him is that he is willing to say what he's for. And so I think... And that, yeah, he does. He is, like he is actually willing to say where he stands on issues, not something Evan Bayh has been particularly good at over the years. And so I think it will depend a lot on what the voters are looking for. It's been 12 years since Evan Bayh ran a campaign yeah. in Indiana. It is interesting to observe a couple of things about the race. And, I, and there was a, in, an episode recently where uh, Todd Young and John Mutz went to Lafayette and talked about the uh, Subaru Zuzu deal uh, back in 1988. I think this is the strongest challenge that Evan Bayh has had since 1988 in that, in that Mutz campaign. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting because now he's the older candidate. He's the one with the long record. He's the one uh, that maybe is, you know, having to, to step back and, wow, this is, uh, this is a whole new thing. He's got he's to get into fighting trim. And Todd Young is already there. So it'll be interesting to see. I agree that uh, Evan Bayh's name recognition statewide and the large amount of money that he has in the bank uh, are very much in his favor. But, uh, you know, we've talked earlier, there's 95 days. It'll be interesting. This is also, this is uh, a race that isn't just about Indiana. It's about control of the U.S. Well, absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of outside money. A lot of outside money. There's already outside money in it. And and the the problem they have with Todd Young is that he has said things and done things to appeal in his district that statewide don't have that appeal. When he called Social Security a Ponzi scheme, when he, for example, wanted to increase the burden on Medicare recipients. I mean, he has done things, and shut the government down, in addition, and stop Obamacare. I mean, he's done things to avoid a primary contest in his district, which now don't translate statewide. So I I think less than what uh, Todd Young is for is all of the things that people value in this state that he's against. And I think he's going to have a hard time explaining that. Evan Bayh remains popular. He was a popular governor, and and, uh, he's he's a well-known figure. Does Todd Young have to make him unlikable? Well, he's got to tell everybody what he actually is. I mean, he's always been the Eddie Haskell of Indiana politics, you know, say one thing one place and do something else another. And using Ann's logic, this whole idea of if he's bought into all the 
arguments of the national. Well, Evan Biden's endorsed everything Hillary Clinton's ever done. And so if you're no, going to attach somebody, if you're going to attach somebody, you can attach him to her, well, and she's not popular here. You yeah. can get ready for a lot of that. But yeah. second, I mean, you know, sure, he has name ID, and he's got some money. He's got a lot of money. But Todd Young will be more aggressive about this than he's ever had, more aggressive than even John Mutz was with him, because John wouldn't, Mutz wouldn't let us do that in 1988. And and so he'll it'll be a fight, and it's going to be close. And and I, I tell you what, I, he's in for a fight with Todd Young because Todd Young will be very aggressive about this thing. And when you talk about the dysfunction in Washington and you look at what they have done with control of both houses of Congress and what they haven't done, they don't even pass Zitka. They can't, they can't, they can't even deal with the mosquitoes and the problem in, in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Florida. And he is the problem. He and the Republican majorities in both houses are the problem. After, after they kicked Baird Hill off the ballot... Baron Hill voluntarily oh, stepped off the ballot. You can't force <laughs> That's anybody. That's like saying the four hundred million dollar ramp was not a You know better than anybody else. Oh, you can't you, force you, anybody even... off the ballot, Michael. You're, oh, come on. You know, you not, know you're Schumer. You're being disingenuous. Just like you can't. Just like you can't. He says the reason he got back in this is because he just couldn't stand back and watch all this happen the way it's happening today. Well, if he so, felt that way, why didn't he run in the primary for this race? He got in it after the primary was over. So after what? they kicked. You my think point that's is, an issue his care is about, about when he Schumer. Got in the race? This is about Schumer and about the it, this, majority. This, sure it's it not is. about. It's sure not it about Evan caring about Indiana. Leslie, they that's, can't do anything. You know, that's once you learn to fake sincerity, the rest is easy. You seemed convinced that Sue Elsperman got kicked off, got kicked out. So to make room for somebody else, but and Baron, you think Baron, voters care? Baron was and, on the ballot, okay? and you think voters care Baron that now Eric Holcomb's on, on the, the ballot. ballot? If he hadn't voluntarily stepped down, there was no way you can be forced off the ballot. <laughs> no, you can't. and you can't be forced out of being lieutenant governor. No, Moving but you can. On. You cannot be slated for lieutenant governor <laughs> the next time, can't you? And but that's, that's not what happened. No, but Republicans that what they told her. currently hold super majorities in both houses in the general assembly. No matter how well Democrats might do in November, Geo majorities are all but guaranteed. But, Ann Delaney, what would it take to make the supermajorities go away? Oh, it would take a landslide of historic proportions, and I think that Donald Trump is capable of giving us that. Okay, but I think highly it would have unlike, to be 64, un- 64 or 74 all over again, and I frankly think that he is so dangerous and so self-destructive that that can happen. Uh, are you comfortable that there will be supermajority? It is always hard to hold on to supermajority, but there will never be a Democrat majority in my lifetime in either House of Representatives or the Senate. Won't happen because the numbers are so high now. Even if it comes down a little bit after this election, and whenever you get to the numbers you are now, you're always protecting because you can't add party anymore. So you're expecting right? to lose. So no, that's a, I'm just that's telling you, you're always protecting because it's hard to add more when you get to the kind of numbers we have. So but to get down to where we don't have a majority in either house, not my life. Well, no, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Will it be less than a supermajority next year? Yeah, in either uh, house? I don't know if it'd be less than supermajority, but I'd expect both sides to lose a seat or two. I mean, I, you know, I it, I agree with Mike. It's virtually impossible to maintain those huge numbers. And truth be told, leadership probably wouldn't mind having a little smaller majority <laughs> because it's really hard to manage a supermajority. All right. Finally. Our roundtable predictions. Who will win the race for president in Indiana, Mike? Trump, Pence. Hillary Clinton. You're holding to that. I'm yeah, well, to it that. is awful early, Jim, but uh, I do think Trump will carry the state. Probably Pence will carry the state. 
I think that Trump will. I'm not much of a predictor, but I think Trump will carry the state. I do. I think you got to put your money there in Indiana. All right. Who will win the governor's race? You want race? to put some money on that? Um, we'll talk I will. later. Okay. We'll talk later. Who You're will on. win the governor's race? You still owe me for the big John Gregg. You still owe me for the big ten tournament. Governor's race. I think uh, Holcomb, clearly. I think it's going to win it. And I think it's going to win it easier than people think it's going to win it. I'm still too much a reporter to make a prediction here. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. You'd be a reporter and still make a prediction. Well, it's pretty scary, so I will put a caveat on my prediction. It is very early, and it's subject to change, but I think at this point, John Gregg's got the edge. Uh, I'm with that all the way. All right, who will win the Senate race, and Oh, come on, Evan Bayh. Um, does Todd Young This will be the upset of the year, mm-hmm. will be Todd Young. If it is Todd Young, it'll be the upset It will be the upset of the year because I think it's too close to call. I really, I really believe that. I think, I do think Evan Bayh has the edge, but I think it's too close to call. I agree. And I think that that we've already seen Todd Young in top form. And, you know, he's going to bring the fight. So Evan Bayh will have to be ready for it. I do think that it's his, uh, he's got the edge right now. Um, yeah, I, Evan buys the favorite, but uh, there's a lot of race to be run here, and it's going to be a rough one. It's going to be very rough with a lot of outside money. Um, Do you think we'll pass, uh, what was that, 12, the total money? And, in, yeah, in 12? Yes. I think, I think no, because, I, because that included a huge chunk of money that got spent in the primary. Well, final. Will this go down in history as a more significant election year in Indiana than 2008, Mike? No. And the reason I say no is because in 2008, Obama won Indiana. Right. Since Hillary won't win Indiana, I don't know how you can make that comparison. He's completely wrong. Hillary <laughs> will win, and yes, it will be a more significant race. I think it'll be a significant year just because of all of the change that we've seen and the implications for that going forward. Uh, I think it will be. I agree. I think that no matter who wins the presidential race, I think this is the most significant election in Indiana, at least in my time covering Significant politics. in a different way than 2008. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's Indiana Week in Review for this week. Our panel is Democrat and Delaney, Republican Mike McDaniel, Leslie Weidenbenner of the Indianapolis Business Journal, and John Ketzenberger of the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute. If you'd like a podcast of this program, you can find it at wfyi.org slash iwir, or starting Monday, you can stream it or get it on demand from Xfinity or Bright House Networks. I'm Jim Shella of Wish TV. We'll see you again next week. Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com.